0: Blessed morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Indeed, it's a great day to praise the Lord. Every day is a great day to praise the Lord, for we have a wonderful and awesome God. And we will continue to be reminded of this great truth as we move to our next series, the book of Exodus. And I am very, very excited. Starting this Sunday until December, we'll be studying the book of Exodus, We just finished the book of Genesis uh, a few months ago and Exodus continues the story where Genesis left off with the children of Israel residing in Egypt. If you guys remember, the closing chapters of Genesis tells us of how God used Joseph and the cruelty of his brothers to bring them to Egypt and save them from the famine. So Exodus continues the story. It narrates to us the life of the Israelites in Egypt, years after Joseph. And it tells us of how God brought them out as a fulfillment of his promise, and then he made a covenant with them in the wilderness. Now, Exodus is more than just a continuation of Genesis. Exodus holds probably the most significant turning point in the lives of the Israelite people. You see, Exodus is, to the Old Testament, what the Gospels are to the New Testament. Just as the Gospel tells us of the salvation event for all people, the Exodus narrates the salvation event for the Israelites. Whenever they talk about God's work of salvation, they always look back at the events in Exodus. In fact, if you read through the whole Bible, You will see that time and time again, you will read about the Exodus story. Why? The reason for this uh, constant retelling is to help the people see the importance of remembering God's saving work in the lives of his people. You see, the Israelites were trapped in slavery under the oppression and cruelty of the Egyptians, the superpower of that time, who doesn't want to let them go but God broke Egypt through the ten plagues and miraculously opens the sea to rescue his people you know just like today we are trapped in our own homes we are trapped in the fear of COVID-19 we are trapped in the reality of death we are slaves to the effects and penalty of our sins but the God of Exodus came he came and crushed sin and death once and for all, and then he gave us eternal life. This is the God of the Exodus, and this is our God. This is our unchanging God, who always was, who always is, and who always will be, the God who is mighty to save. Let's learn more about him as we read our passage today in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 15. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 15. It says, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them out, out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to place to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt but Moses said to God who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt he said but I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt you shall serve God on this mountain then Moses said to God if I come to the people of Israel and say to them The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. May God bless the reading of his word. Please keep your Bibles open at Exodus chapter 3, as we will be looking at the whole chapter this morning as we go through our passage. Here in Exodus chapter 3, we see, we see one of the biblical pictures many of us are familiar with, which is Moses encountering God through the burning bush. This was the first time Moses had ever heard of God or hear him speak. And this was no ordinary first encounter. Remember the first day of school or class? It's usually a very exciting but relaxed day. We usually spend the first day introducing ourselves and getting to know our classmates and our teachers. The class requirements will follow, will come later. But here with Moses, his first encounter with God was quite overwhelming. In verse 10, uh, it says, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Can you just imagine Moses just minding his own business, taking care of his flock. And then, bam! God shows himself. And then, bam! He has to lead the Israelites. And then, bam! He has, he has to command Pharaoh to let his people go. Can you Talk about pressure, right? So, it was understandable what his immediate response was. In verse 11, it says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? A reaction probably most of us can relate with. Parang ganito lang yan. Huh? Bakit ako? Sino ba ako? How can I do all those things? But you see here, Moses missed the point. The task, even though it was given to him, The task was not about him. And God at this time lovingly told him in verse 12, But I will be with you. But I will be with you. By this time, Moses probably got it. He understood that this was beyond him. It was God who will do the work. But there is one more question that needs to be answered the most important question of all it's in verse 13 then moses said to god if i come to the people of israel and say to them the god of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me what is his name what shall i say to them here moses was saying okay god i get it i get it you will do it but first tell me who Are you? Who are you? What's your name? Now, you must understand where Moses is coming from here. If you remember, he was the prince of Egypt. He knew the strength and power of Egypt. He knows of its many gods who take care of the whole nation. There's Osiris, the god of the underworld, there's Hathor, the goddess of life and fertility. There's Ra, the god of the sun, and many others. In fact, even the Pharaoh was considered a god himself. Now, who is this god of the Israelite slaves who dare to challenge the strength and the gods of Egypt? Tell me, what name shall I give the people? And then God told Moses his name. He said his name is Ehe Asher Ehe. Ehe Asher Ehe. Which our Bible translates in all capital letters, I am who I am. So that we would not miss that it is a name of God. This Ehe Asher Ehe is a very unique name. The name does not connote a conceptual being. A God that's imagined, no. But the name tells us of an active being. For it comes from the Hebrew verb, Hayah. Hayah, which means to be. God's name, I am who I am, can mean I am always I am. Or it could mean the one who always is. The one who always is. His name tells us that he... Is the God who always was, that He is the God who always is, and He is the God who always will be. The name tells Moses that the God who commands him to lead the Israelites is not an imagined God, but the self existent Creator, unchanging, eternal, and most important of all, the ever-present God of the Israelites. And by giving his name to Moses and to us, God is telling the people to trust the name of the God who saves. Trust the name of the God who saves. Now, what's in the name? What's so important about it? You know, the Israelites revere God's name so much that they don't dare pronounce it. Instead, they use Adonai, which means Lord, every time God's name is mentioned in the scripture. And our modern Bible today writes it as the Lord with all capital letters so that we would know that it, uh, in the original language, so, uh, it is the name of God. But what does this all mean to Moses and the Israelites? And what does it mean to us today? You know, the, Lord named, the Lord's name tells us, tells them that He is the God who always was. He is the God who always was. He was there from the very beginning. All the stories they have heard about God who created everything in the beginning, it was the Lord. And this God has a special relationship with their forefathers. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In fact, this relationship was so special, it was mentioned three times throughout chapter 3 alone. The first one was when the Lord introduced himself to Moses in verse 6. He said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And then God commanded Moses to say the same title to the Israelites in verse 15 and 16. Now, why was this connection so important for the Israelites to understand? Why is it so important for them to understand? Because after many generations have passed in Egypt, they might have forgotten who their God is. But they wouldn't have forgotten where they came from. Their history as a people was probably still intact. They know that their family came from a man named Abraham and his wife, Sarah, an old barren couple who, by the grace of their God, was blessed with a son, Isaac. And then Isaac, together with his wife, was also barren. And yet through them, God brought about twins. And then from one of those twins came all twelve families with thousands of people now residing in Egypt. Through this, they were reminded of their humble beginnings, and also the wonderful stories about the God who made them as numerous as the stars. And now, the God who always was, the same God who was gracious to their family from the very beginning, has come to rescue them. And not only does this God was, was this God gracious to their forefathers, this was the same God who made a promise to their forefather Abraham to give them a land of their own. It's recorded in Genesis 17 verse 8. It says, And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. This was God's promise for them. You see, the name of God, the God who always was, is not only the gracious God of their forefathers, but also the faithful God who made a promise to give them a land of their own. And now, he is rescuing them from Egypt to fulfill that promise. This truth truth is what Moses and the Israelites need to know about their rescuer. That he is the God who always was, who always was gracious and faithful to them. This is the key to trusting in God in spite of the situation they are in. And this is the key to trusting in God in the situation we are in today. To trust that we have a God who always was gracious and faithful to us. You know, I always tell this to the people I mentor or disciple. I always tell them the key to trusting in God's faithfulness in the future is to remember how God has been faithful to them in the past. The key to trusting in God's faithfulness in the future is to remember how God has been faithful to them in the past. Now, let me ask you, how has God been gracious and faithful to you and your family. You know, in the midst of the crisis we are in, the threat of COVID-19, the struggling businesses, financial problems, health problems, emotional problems, it would be good to recount how God has been gracious to us, how God has blessed us, and how he has shown his faithfulness to us. So I challenge you that after the service to continue your fellowship with your family or whomever you are with and recount how God has been gracious to you and your family. Because by remembering what God has done, we will also be reminded what kind of God we have and that He will continue to be faithful to us. Brothers and sisters, let us trust the name of the God who saves the great I am, the God who always was, the God who is always gracious and faithful. But the name of God does not only tell us that He is the God who always was, the name I am who I am also tells us of the God who always is. He's not only with us in the past, He's also And still with us now in the present. And this is the truth Moses and the Israelites need to know. The God who always is, is the God who is always with them. The God who always is, is the God who is always with them. You know, when Moses asked why God chose him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, instead of answering his question, God assured him that he will be there. With him, But God's presence was not only with Moses. God's presence was also with his people. In verse 7 to 8, it says, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. You see, even though the Israelites probably didn't know, God was always there with them while they were in Egypt. Even though they probably felt abandoned, God's presence never left them. The God who always is was always there with them. He sees their suffering when they are being forced to work by the Egyptians. He hears their cries when they are being whipped. God knows their pain when they are being mistreated. And he probably feels them as well. But the most exciting part is that God is already there with them, ready to bring them out of their suffering. You know, many times in our suffering, we feel that God is absent or that God has already left us. But God's name reminds us that He is the ever-present God. Even if we don't know He's there, He's there. Even if we don't feel He's there, He's there. He is there. Even if we don't believe He's there, He is still there. There is no place that God can reach us. He sees us. He hears us. He feels what we feel. And He knows us better than we know ourselves. In fact, in Psalm 139, it tells us, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I free from your presence? If I send to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Shoal, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, there, even there, your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. You know, I remember one of my favorite books, The Horse and His Boy, from the Chronicles of Narnia. When the poor boy, Shasta, the main character, was complaining to the large creature walking beside him, whom he didn't know yet was Aslan the Great Lion, he talked about how unfortunate he was all throughout his life for all the troubles and hardships that he has faced and meeting so many dangerous lions. The voice told him, I do not call you unfortunate for there was only one lion. When Shasta asked, how do you know? I said, there were so many lions. But the voice beside him answered, I was the lion. And as Shasta realized, he was afraid with open mouth and said nothing. Then the voice continued, I was the lion who forced you to join with Aravis. I was the cat who comforted you among the houses of the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you as you slept. I was the lion who gave the horses the new strength of fear for the last mile so that you should reach the king in time. And I was the lion who you do not remember, who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death, So that it came to shore where a man sat, wakeful at midnight, to receive you. I really love this part of this book. Through this, C.S. Lewis painted to us a picture of how God never leaves our side, even if we think He has. You know, I know during this pandemic, you might be tempted to think, where is God? Has He abandoned us? Is he still with us? You know, even this thought crosses my mind from time to time these days. But I'm reminded. But his name reminds us that yes, he is there. He is always there. For his name tells us that he is the God who always is. And even though we don't see him, he sees us. And even though we don't hear him, he hears us. Even though we don't feel him, he knows how you feel. And he is always there leading us every single step of the way. This is the God of the Israelites. This is our God. This is what his name tells us. So let us trust the name of the God who saves. The name of the great I am. The God who always is, is the God who is always with us. Trust the name of the God who saves. But God's name does not only tell us that he is the God who always was and who always is, but also that he is the God who always will be. He is the God who will deliver the Israelites from the Egyptians with a mighty hand. As we mentioned earlier, Egypt was the superpower of that time. The Egyptians have chariots and weapons. They have trained soldiers, and their pharaoh was considered a god. How about the Israelites? The Israelites were farmers, workers. They were slaves. They don't have swords or shields, and they probably don't even know how to use them if they have. Now, how will they convince the Pharaoh to let them go? How will they manage to escape Egypt? You see, it was an impossible task. It was an impossible task. But God told them what he will do. In verse 19 to 20, it says, But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it, and after that, he will let you go. And, true enough, that is what happened. In the chapters that followed, we learned of how God humbled Egypt and the Pharaoh through the ten plagues. And the gods of Egypt were powerless against him, because he is the God who always will be, the God who is mighty to save. And not only did God promise to rescue them, He also promised to bless them as they escape Egypt. And He did, as the Israelites plunder the gold of Egypt. You see, God's name, I am who I am, is a reminder to the Israelites that the God of their forefathers, the God who is with them, is the one and only powerful God. He will never lose power, He will always be God. And what he says, he will do. He's not only the gracious and faithful God in the past, he's not only the God who is with them in the present, but he is the all-powerful all-power, God who will deliver them. He's the all-powerful God who is mighty to save. And you know, we see this truth not only here in Exodus, but throughout the whole Bible. We see God's power when they finally enter the promised land in the book of Joshua. We see God's power when David defeated the Philistine armies. We see God's power when God rescues Daniel and his three friends in Babylon. And when God rescues them, the Jews, through Queen Esther. And many more, all of them recorded in the Bible. All of these reflects the name of God. The God who always will be the all-powerful God who is mighty to save. This was the God of the Israelites. This was the God who called Moses. This was the God of the Exodus, the great I Am, the God who always was, the God who always is, and the God who always will be. But here's the most powerful and wonderful truth of all. You see, the God of the Israelites, the God of Moses, the God of the Exodus is the same God we have today. Just as the great I Am came down to deliver his people from slavery to the Egyptians, the great I Am came down again 2,000 years ago and took the image of a man to rescue his people. He came to his own people, the Israelites, the Jews, but they did not recognize him. He calls them to repent, but they did not listen to him. He told them his real name, but they did not believe him. Instead, they tried to kill him. It's recorded in John 8, verse 56 to 58. "Test, Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. You see, he is the great I am in the flesh. And just as he rescued his people in Egypt, He rescued His people once again. Not through the ten plagues, but through the cross where He gave up His own life. Not by opening up the Red Sea, but by opening up the gates of heaven. Not to free His people from the slavery of Egypt, but to free them from the slavery of sin and death. And then on the third day, He rose again from the dead, crushing sin and death once and for all just as he crushed the Egyptians and their gods and then gave his people not just a promised land but the promised life a life that is eternal and who's his name? His name is Jesus the name of the God who saves you see he is our God he Is our rescuer. He is the God who always was, the one who is gracious and faithful. He is the God who always is, the Emmanuel, the God with us. He is the God who always will be, the God who is mighty to save. For that is what his name means. Jesus means Yahweh saves. Jesus means the great I am saves. And that's the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, as we continue to live through this pandemic, to suffer with so much uncertainties, let us remember, that the, na- let us remember the name of our God. The name of our God that reminds us that He is mighty to save. He always was, He always is, And he always will be the God who is mighty to save. So, let us trust the name of the God who saves. His name is Jesus. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we just want to give thanks for today. We thank you for the book of Exodus, which reminds us that we have an unchanging God. The God who was there with them, In Israel, who listens to them, who hears them, who sees them, who rescued them, is the God we have today. Who has also rescued us from sin and death. Who has already rescued us from COVID-19. Lord, thank you for giving us your name. A reminder to us that we have a God who always was, who always is, And who always will be the god who is mighty to save and that he has already saved us lord as we live through this pandemic there are many times we will be down there are many times we will be filled with doubt we'll be filled with sorrow but lord may you continue to remind us of your name i am who i am so that we would remember That we have a God who has always been with us, who will never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, indeed, we are so blessed to have a God like you. So, Lord, help us to trust in your name, in your name that tells us that we have a God who saves, Jesus Christ.